All right, Hasib, welcome to the show, episode 206, to be precise. Um, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Ben. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, we've got the whole holiday theme going, uh, as you can probably see on the overlay, and got the hat on and everything, trying to get into the Christmas mood. It's uh, always working. I'm sure you are, too, so everything's like to the, to the very last day. Absolutely. I think I should get a Christmas cap, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can do another episode in the future. And we can do some holiday themed version, get you a Christmas cap or something. Um, 100%. <laughs> anyways, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I'm very curious to, you know, what your background's like. Did you have a background previously in crypto? Um, How did you kind of get into this industry and uh, get involved? Uh, sure. So my name is Hasiba Wan. I'm the CEO of Funny Secure Cell Phone Service. And the reason I got into this crypto, this entire mobile SimSwap solution was because I was personally SimSwap four times. And the reason why that happened was because of my uh, affiliation with crypto. Uh, I co-founded one of the first and largest Bitcoin ATM networks, uh, BitAccess, uh, along with my co-founders. And back in 2013, so roughly around eight years ago, we started selling Bitcoin ATMs. Then Bitcoin was still like, you know, very, very early days. And uh, I think we have like tens of thousands of locations right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's my background. So when people were talking and trying to simswap me, their motivation was to get into crypto or get access to some of the information that they can through my cell phone. Luckily, they didn't get anything, but it was just an inconvenience. So uh, based on like, you have to call carrier and also... You don't want to be like hacked all the time. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I no. said, oh, why don't Yeah, like, so uh, I said, okay, why don't we set up a cell phone service that is just for myself? Because I'm a telecom engineer. Like how ba- how big of a rocket, uh, you know, uh, rocket science is here. That a cell phone that does not get hacked. Like, you know, it's like, I never get sim swapped. And so when I start setting it up, uh, people start asking for, can I get one? Can I get one? Can I get one? And before that, we realized we actually have a very massive following who wanted this one service where it does one thing, never seems to me. That's it. That's and nice. uh, uh, so, yeah, so we turned it to now we have all the bigger exchanges, uh, hedge funds, law offices, and pretty much all the major crypto influencers are, are using Ifani now. How how um, often does it happen when someone gets SIM swapped? Like how normal is that? Uh, for so it so there are two things, right? Like how often is someone getting SIM swapped? I don't know, right? Basically, it's very difficult to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think approximately uh, thousand to two thousand people get SIM swapped every day. That's um, a lot. Yeah, so it depends on how often does it happen to a single person. I've talk to people who have been set for four times, three, five times. Uh, so that's the case. But uh, if someone, but this is critical information to know. If someone wants to sim swap you, there's an 80% chance you'll be able to sim swap you successfully, statistically. 80%? Uh, 80%, yeah. Oh, geez. So Why Princeton is that? Did, uh, Princeton did a research on that. So they basically picked up random numbers and they said, Let's try to run a statistics model on how often can you simsap someone, and eighty percent of times uh, they were able to simsap themselves. Um, 
And the reason why, because the information required to SIM swap someone. So you need only two pieces of information, zip code and account number. If someone has someone's zip code and account number, they can SIM swap someone. Now, how easy it is to find this information, zip code is pretty much publicly available. Uh, not available, you can go on dark web and pay someone to get it. And same with account number two, it's very easy to impersonate someone. I don't have to tell people how uh, easy it is to fake an ID. Yeah, that's and true. IDs so are easy to fake these days too. Yeah, so if you fake Brendan ID because you pick up your picture um, and and just put in a fake an ID and walk into a store and say, I'm Brendan, my phone got hacked. Can you just give me a new SIM card? Uh, there's a 90% chance you'll be able to get your new SIM card. How do you protect against getting SIM swapped? Is there you know, a method or something people can do or through Ifani, something they can do to eliminate that or at least reduce that from happening? So we guarantee protection against SIM swap. And the way we do it is basically, uh, it's not like a random, because we know if someone is asking for SIM swap, it means there's a, there's a fraud happening. So that's by mm -hmm. default. Uh, so we are well trained for one thing, to protect against SIM swap. So whenever there's a change that happens in our system, we do go through a lot of verification, uh, not like a regular verification system. So we go through a ton of verifications uh, before we uh, before we have to go through a SIM swap. So that's one thing. Um, second part is that if hypothetically something goes wrong, uh, we have five million dollar insurance policy for every customer. So if they are so they are covered under a law. So it's not like, hey, I'm sorry that Brandon, your phone got hacked. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't get a letter of apology from us. You basically we are proactive. Uh, knock knock so far, like you know, since inception, zero SIMs have happened, and it's purely because of the security checks that we do to ensure that. Um, there's no, no such case of them swapping. Got it. How do you guys operate? Do you have like an app people download or is it something they sign up for or how does it work? So we are like your regular wireless carrier. Like think about Verizon mm -hmm. that you have right now or any other carrier. So we become a replacement of that. So rather than you paying a bill to them, we become your carrier. Oh, okay. Where, where are you guys available? Like, are you available in the U.S.? Uh, yes, so we are available in US. We are actually available in 80 plus countries, but we only focus on US for now. So uh, because of the because of how the market operates and everything. But yes, uh, like we will become your cell phone provider. So rather than going to a carrier, you'll get out SIM card, you'll keep your number, you'll keep your network, but you're secure. Got it. Well, I'm from the US. Um, I use AT&T, nothing against AT&T. Um, but if I wanted to use Ifani, would I be able to do that? Just so I could protect Absolutely. myself from swim, sim swap swapping and, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So you will get you keep your number. You'll get our sim card. You'll keep AT and T network. So, oh, okay. uh, then, so there's no difference there. The only thing is uh, now you're secure. I like it. I'm so gonna have to try that than, out. Yeah. So rather than paying AT and T, you have to basically pay us. Do you guys have plans to expand that to other countries, or do you just really want to focus on the U.S. right now? Uh, yeah, we really want to focus on U.S. We do have enterprise deals in different countries, but frankly, there's so much business in U.S. that we are unable to handle. So why not just focus on one thing and do it really well? Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Um, yeah. 
are, do you guys have any plans to potentially combine, you know, blockchain technology with Afani to maybe accomplish the same thing? Is there a way to do that to maybe make it more secure? Yeah, so we are actually working on, so 90% uh, of customers are from crypto. Uh, mm -hmm. So we are actually doing something with non-crypto clients that we are offering to crypto folks. And uh, uh, what we are doing, we are actually building our own network. So we are providing like a node that Brandon can install their house mm -hmm. and make a, and every, any data that goes through that, Brandon get a cash back in terms of tokens. So okay. I'll give you a simple example. Like Brandon may have a tower in his house that is providing service to Brandon. And if I come to Brandon's house, I'll basically use a tower and I'll pay Brandon in tokens. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so so yeah. it's kind of like an ecosystem built around a mobile network. Correct. So the the beauty of our system is because it works between our traditional tower and our network. So there's no change in, we don't have to build like a hundred percent network. Wherever we have a network, it operates. Wherever we don't have a network, it works on regular towers. Yeah, that's cool. Is that something you guys have started working on already? Or is that something kind of down the line? No, we start working on it already. Uh, okay. It's only invite only. So we don't, uh, we don't give access to people outside our network for now, just because uh, of the amount of volume we have to uh, deal with. Mm -hmm. But yes, our customers have access to that as of today. Got it. Um, I also know that you uh, helped build bid access. Is that something you did before Fani or that you did yeah. recently? Okay. Uh, so that was uh, the sim uh, the the Bitcoin ATM solution that we built, mm -hmm. right? Right. So yeah, that's about it. Tell me more so, about that. What what kind of went into that? What was it like going through that process and putting out Bitcoin ATMs at the time and, and building that kind of a business? It was uh, pretty, uh, I would say it was pretty non-sexy in crypto space. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is because you're talking about like the most sophisticated technology, uh, uh, you know, and then you're talking about ATMs. So if you combine both of them, it's really interesting because why would uh, someone, uh, it's, it's complicated because people think, okay, you know, we are talking about all digital cash and now you're right. bringing fiat in. So how did that work? You know, this intersection doesn't work, but this was necessary because people wanted to buy Bitcoins. And mm -hmm. remember we were talking about the days of Mt. Gox and BTCE where there were literally no legitimate solutions to buy and sell Bitcoin. So I remember when we had to buy Bitcoin, we would just basically wire transfer to Mt. Gox uh, in Japan. And you have to attach, send them an email with a copy of your bank wire. And they have to manually reconcile and send you Bitcoin. So those were the processes. So we made it simple that within 60 seconds, you'll be able to buy and sell Bitcoin. That was a simple promise. Yeah, that's seconds. such a huge headache to go through, to just do a wire transfer and send money like that. So the ATMs yeah. made a lot of sense back then. Do you feel like they've lost any luster? Like nowadays, do you feel like people still use Bitcoin ATMs now that they have all these on and off ramps and uh, wallets and exchanges? Uh, well, the easiest uh, way to look at it is like, you know, are we getting more ATMs today or less ATMs? Mm -hmm. There are actually more ATMs as of today. And every day, if you look at the growth, there uh, it's growing. So a lot of people still prefer buying cash. Like not everyone is buying ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. They're buying hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin, three hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. And if the transaction is below thousand dollars, it's much simple to go to an ATM and and get it done. Uh, because a lot of buys and sells are impulsive. 
So someone says, oh, I want cash right now. What's the video say? You go to an ATM. If you go to a bank, it takes 48 to 72 hours. Same with buying. Uh, people want to go and physically uh, do the transaction. So that's one way. Uh, second part is that ATMs can do much more than just buying and selling Bitcoin ATM. Um, you can basically do a payday loan on a bit ATM. You can transfer money from one country to another country on these ATMs. So I think ATM itself is a massive, has a massive potential. It hasn't been utilized yet, uh, but certainly the volume of these machines is growing, not decreasing. Yeah, that goes that goes to say they must be incredibly intangible then to to have because it's very hard even today still to go from between like Bitcoin and cash and cash and Bitcoin. You still have to go through a lot of steps and you still have to run it through a bank and. Um, so I guess there's a lot of value in doing that still. That makes sense. Probably why the number of ATMs are going up. Yeah, like hypothetically, you land in uh, Italy, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to have some cash. What do you do? You go to an ATM, you take out cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, either you can use a debit card, but that becomes expensive. So ATM, it all depends on um, which financial system are you in. If you are in more than crypto, then ATM makes the most easy sense. Are you still involved with BitAccess um, and helping grow it, or did you move on from it? No, uh, I actually have moved on, so I'm just okay. not part of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you want to do something similar to that maybe in the future as well, or are you just f- fully focused on Afani right now? I wanted to do that, to be honest. I wanted to open like decentralized bank. Uh, yeah. But frankly, uh, this ATM, uh, this uh, Afani has taken up so, so much time, and so much interest there because uh, that I don't have time and energy and resources to do anything else. Because if you look at it, like, you know, we are building a distributed uh, telecom network, mm-hmm. uh, which is secure. Uh, so that's, that itself is a, is a massive uh, task in itself. If you did have the time and you did have the resources, what would this decentralized bank kind of look like, in your opinion? Uh, so here's my opinion, Brandon. Uh, think about it like, you know, in the future, do you think there'll be less branches or more branches of banks? Less. Okay. So if you think about that, like, you know, um, uh, like in San Francisco, you may have something in uh, Dog's Patch or like, you know, SoFi, like SoMa, nice area. But there are a lot of areas where the banks do not make a lot of sense. But they have branches. So I believe that why don't we have an ATM where you can actually issue like a DeFi loan uh, based on your credit application. So I want to, I want to have a hundred dollar loan. I either have an option to go to, a, a loan sharks, right? Where you mm-hmm. go in and they will basically say, Oh, it's a 30% APR and you have to pay. And, uh, but what if I go to there and I say, okay, I'm putting a hundred, I'm putting my ID, run a credit check and let's see who can offer me good rates. And rather than going to a single party, I can actually process my loans immediately. So that's one use case. And the ATM can do everything. We can do KYC. We can do, uh, you know, like bank deposit, like everything that you need for any, anyone to process information. Similarly, if I want to send money to anywhere, so imagine I want to send money to Australia, Sydney. So I can just go to an ATM and say, I'm going to send $100 to Sydney. And I don't care how does the money get there. What I care is that, you know, my money gets there by a specific time. So I get an option of, hey, you can have money within two minutes and you pay $2 because the machine algorithm on the back end have already decided 
what process to use. Right now, if I walk into Western Union, I don't have a third option. I, I cannot go into money, MoneyGram and say, how much will it get cost? So you, or you go to a bank, but why don't an ATM can take the money and tell me, I will process money by this company because they are the cheapest one. So these are all stuff. You can open a bank account. Uh, I know it's easier to become send money to Coinbase right now. Mm-hmm. But what if I want to open an account on Kraken and I want to send money right now to them? It's still painful. So why not I can withdraw money from ATM using my Coinbase account? Yeah, this is a very interesting idea. It'd also be kind of cool if you could um, you maybe create it like a DAO around it. So it's like completely centralized in every aspect. And then, you know, leveraging crypto and crypto wallets, you should you'd be able to just attach an ATM network to it and pretty much have a decentralized bank. Um, it doesn't seem like that's a far off idea at all. Yeah, and half have your own stable coin, you know, like you can, someone mm-hmm. doesn't like crypto, uh, they don't like the uh, the volatility part, but they just want to open a bank account. So I have been talking to a lot of people uh, at that time. I remember talking to a guy who used to have a, a homeless and he used to receive money. And he told me that if I walk up with pennies and like $1 bills, banks don't like me anymore. They don't mm-hmm. want me to inside their banks. Because I have a, so why don't you go to an ATM and deposit $10 into uh, your, uh, in your DeFi account, like, you know, your wallet. Yeah, banks don't like cash. Yeah, and you have the money in your, in your, in your pocket, you know, and you can withdraw anytime you want. So those wallets should exist and they do exist. But right now the cryptocurrency is, is tackling to the, to the people who are already smart but there's a lot of people who who we do not reach because getting on DeFi and entire UX of using a MetaMask or these kind of wallets and chains and it's it's pretty complicated. It's pretty um, it's not easy to learn about like different chains and transaction fees and everything. But what if there's a company where you can put dollar in and it reaches them and you can withdraw that money anytime anywhere in the world and you get a ten percent interest rate on that. Uh, so that's the th- reason why I think uh, I was. Very, I'm still very bullish on ATMs. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance to build the the world largest dis- distributed bank. And then the most interesting part is that even like if you look at Chase Bank, they don't have branches everywhere, and there are a lot of uh, challenger banks which do not have physical presence. So why don't they are able to say that these are branches? So like Brandon walks into a bank, he just taps. Uh, phone and say welcome to Wells Fargo mm-hmm. and now the entire branch of Wells Fargo branch you can do check cashing you can do anything now you're stuck somewhere you click on it and someone in like Tennessee picks up the phone like you know a video call and you do all the transactions that you want to you want to open a bank account why do you need an appointment you can walk up to two o'clock at night and basically do your KYC because downloading a mobile app on the phone and going through all the KYC process is very very difficult uh, People don't know how to do that. So, like, there are people who can do it, but, like, you know, mass majority of people, if you ask them to open a bank account on the phone, they're not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's a lot of neo banks today, too, a lot of just purely online banks. I have one of mm-hmm. them. Um, I use TIAA Bank um, in the US sometimes for some personal expenses, and they don't have any physical locations. Yeah. You can only uh, call into them, but it works totally fine for me as long as you're able to access an ATM and um, 
you get your card and everything. And I mean, I pretty much pay with everything on my phone. So um, I think that is the future and the direction of it. It's just much more streamlined and simple. And combine that with blockchain, you go fully decentralized. And that also brings in uh, ATMs to, you know, potentially grow tremendously as well in the future and, and become even bigger networks, um, going from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of ATMs, just because you don't need to have so many branches. It doesn't make sense. Um, it, it, I'm from Vegas originally, and there's like a Bank of America every, you know, five streets or a U.S. Bank yeah. every four streets. And I'm just like, there's no need. Like, I can travel yeah. 10 minutes to get to a bank. It's totally fine. But it's just... I feel like they've done it too much. It, it feels like Starbucks sometimes. You know how there's like yeah. Starbucks on one block and a Starbucks down the yeah. other block? It's almost like yeah. overkill. Um, but hey, that's banking today. Yeah, so I think that why the cost cannot be cut down and neobanks, and the reason why neobanks are not uh, progressing as they should be growing uh, is because of a lack of trust. People trust brick and mortar more than they do online banking. Now, our generation is different, but like, you know, there are a lot of people who do not belong to our generation or our mindset and are not willing to take the uh, risks. So they can, these banks can actually uh, restore the trust in those things. So like if you have $1,000 and you get $10 per month from that deposit by just going to a specific ATM, a lot of people will start using it because they get $10 per month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um there's a lot of cool aspects to it. I'm, I'm excited to see how baking, you know, kind of transforms and how it transforms around crypto and if it can become more decentralized, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I have one more question, then we'll kind of slowly start wrapping things up. What's your uh, opinion on the current state of crypto and blockchain um, right now from like an innovation perspective? Because there's so much going on in every different niche in this industry from NFTs to DeFi to stable coins, you know, you name it, it's, it's gone crazy. Um, but what's your opinion? Where do you think we're at in terms of as a technology and, and growing? Uh, when Bitcoin was hundred dollars, I remember I asked someone, am I too late? And they said, you're too early. And someone asked me the question when Bitcoin was thousand dollars, he asked me, are we too late? I said, too early. And I still saying the same thing. We are too early. Um, I think uh, we are probably on a state of like one to 100. We are probably at like sub 10, which means that we are too early uh, in form of uh, NFTs and everything. Because we haven't even actually started onboarding people for the real use case. Um, I'm not a very huge fan of like building the best technology in terms of uh, crypto. Like, you know, you have like 10, mul 10 layer one solutions. Uh, all of them are good, but, you know, we have a lot of, but they're cutting towards the same people. Like Brandon will have access to five different chains. Mm -hmm. How can we bring a Joe from the street who has never trusted crypto into mainstream using crypto? So that's where the challenge, like, you know, where the rubber hits the road. How we can we get that uh, friction? Uh, you know, how can we remove the friction from the people? So that, I think that's the most challenging part. In terms of stable coins, like, you know, you can actually have a stable coin and earn 10% on it. How cool this is, right? Like, you know, you don't have to take any risk in something. Uh, so other stuff would be like having FDIC insurance or something on those deposits. So you can actually uh, build a confidence on the masses. So people can actually don't have to uh, get ripped by the inflation rate. Uh, 
um, and everything. So that's, I think, the I, I think ATMs can draw, adopt a lot of things too. Uh, other than that, like, you know, we have to, as an industry, uh, we are too early and we have to coordinate. Like what I've seen right now is that it's like becoming more like a religion. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't study like a specific class or a book, you're basically among the non-believers, right? And you should not, right. you, you don't have a right to uh, exist. And uh, and there's so much insecurity over, oh, uh, which is called maximalism. And you will say, okay, I'm the purest one and you're not the one. And sure. uh, that's about it. There's a lot of tension in the crypto space um, currently. But I mean, there's a lot of competition too. I think in the end, it'll be very good. It yeah. pushes innovation, forces us to develop a lot faster. And, you know, the yeah. past five years or so, we haven't really had that. Everything's just pretty, yeah. pretty much been Ethereum, Ethereum, Ethereum in, in terms of yeah. uh, developing on blockchain. So now that yeah. you have so many different options from Polkadot to Solana to Cosmos to Cardano to Tezos, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, that creates a little bit of urgency for, you know, developers on Ethereum, people within that organization to, you know, other blockchains as well and what people are doing there. And I think it'll produce a lot of good stuff in the end. Um, and I think things will, you know, come to fruition a lot faster than we think. 100%, like, uh, even with the, with the, with the Node part that we are doing, we are saying, Brandon, you don't have to do anything crazy. Just use cell phone service you're using. And I'll give you a token for that and just be part of the economy. Right. So uh, we take to make it super simple. And the more simple you make it for ordinary people uh, without thinking, uh, there's also a book called Don't Make Me Think. So the more easier you make it for users, the easier it is for people to adopt technology. Because no gotcha. one has time to read about like, you know, uh, what tokens and like what proposal is being held or something. No, no one has time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I know there's a, there's a market for that and people do, but I mean, most people yeah. don't care. They just want to know that something works, right? And that there's a benefit yeah. to using it. Correct. That's all about, like, people will always say what's in for me. Exactly. Um, it's like yeah. it's like using Google. Like, no one really cares yeah. how Google works. No one cares yeah. how the internet works. They just want to know that it works, that you can go to Google and type something in and something pops up. Um, it's the end result, I think, that customers, clients, users, you know, they all care about. Absolutely, absolutely. So make it simple and then make it work. And all the industry has to work together. You know, our competition is not like Solana versus Ethereum. The competition is versus banks versus like Swift. You know, Swift, that's a competition. Right, right. Um, Do you want to answer an audience question real quick? Please. Do you, okay. What do you think about a tool uh, through Afani that would give you or allow you to have like a safety score for your phone and determine how safe or vulnerable it is. That's an interesting one. Yeah, we have looked into like, we have built kind of a score. We actually, uh, there people can actually put their telephone number and we can tell them that similar to credit score that how vulnerable some person is and how good someone is. Uh, it's just that it hasn't taken priority, but yes, this is something that you want to build. Where like similar to credit score, you will know how easy your number is to be hacked. Is there anything that exists like that on the market already that no. you're aware of? Because I haven't seen anything like it. That'd be no. really, really nice to yeah. know if my yeah. phone is like actually secure or not, because I just have yeah. to rely that Apple or Samsung know what they're doing, but I don't yeah. really know. So that'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah. So we are working on something like that. Cool. Um, cool. A lot of, a lot of great 
stuff in here. Pretty very good conversation. Um, a lot of interesting, you know, ideas. And I love what you guys are doing with Afani and uh, what you've done with Bit Access. And um, dude, it's it's been awesome. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show and 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 really share your time. I know it's the holidays, and even though you're probably working like me through up to the end yeah. here, but uh, still appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, have a happy holiday. Um, see you soon. Maybe we'll do an episode in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See you, ma'am. Bye.